Finding Your Fire, a weekly podcast with Mina Khoury, an Ayurvedic practitioner and spiritual teacher who brings the ancient, time-tested wisdom of Ayurveda in this time of great upheaval and global ascension to inspire you to the next level of your spiritual evolution. She will discuss all topics related to your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you ready to be free of all suffering and soar to your heart's calling? Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's live episode. I am Mina Puri of Ayurvedic Healing Center. I am so delighted to be here with you. Uh, so we are going to continue on our conversation on food, emotions, and all that interesting stuff. I think what a what a, a kind of a fit time to be talking about this because we are entering the holiday season where emotions are high and food is everywhere. So it's a good idea to tune in to today's episode, and uh, I would love to hear your comments, your feedback. I would love to engage with you. So here we go. Um, so if you've been watching uh, the live episodes, the last two or three episodes that I have done, I think that um, you know what I'm talking about. So today's topic, I'm going to specifically talk about the effect of our emotions on our gut health. Um, so this reminds me of the time when I was growing up in India. My dad, a wise man, an Ayurvedic doctor, told us never to eat when we are angry. So, and he also was a man who, while he ate, he talked very little. Okay. Because there is so much wisdom in what he shared with us. When we are feeling intense emotions, such as anger, our body is trying to digest that intense emotion. When we do not take a pause from eating and eat, even though we are feeling very intense, you are, there's so many things happening. Number one, you're not connecting with food, with what you're eating, because you are feeling what it is that you're feeling. Secondly, there just isn't the body's attention, the energy isn't there for the body to pay attention to the food and you and to digest it. So this isn't very, this isn't difficult. Um, you can give it a try. And I'm sure you have already experienced this. When you're really, really upset, you don't feel like eating. And if you continue to eat anyways, you will get indigestion, a stomach ache and feeling of being unsettled and just not well. So it takes a couple of hours for body to sort out, okay, there's all these intense emotions that are being going on and then there's this quantity of food. So it takes a body a little bit um, to figure out what to do first. So we are 
you know, what this really is about, about mindful eating, right? Mindful eating is about, I was, I just saw a letter retreat um, last weekend. And that's one of the things, it was a reminder to the participants is not to engage in any serious, long or deep conversations while at the meal table. And I had to remind a few people to do that a few times because we are so accustomed to talking and eating. And when we are talking, just like we can eat mindlessly, we can talk mindlessly. So we talked about mindful speech and we talked about mindful eating and we talked about what's appropriate where, okay? There's a time and place for everything, and we have to be mindful to know what is appropriate in a given circumstance, in a given time, and what is not appropriate. So time after time again, I encounter in my practice clients who have a lot of anxiety. Without fail, they also have issues with their gut health. So they may have sought uh, medical help for the anxiety, taking medications and whatnot. Anxiety remains, if you know that, if we don't cut the disease at the root, we're just sedating ourselves so we don't feel it. And they don't understand why their digestion is so bad. Their stomach always hurts. Whatever they eat, it feels in pain. Um, they cannot sleep because of that. They cannot participate fully in their life because of that. So when I talk about, so it's, it's without fail when they are experiencing anxiety, their, their gut is affected. The reverse is also true. Many people who come with gut health, because that's what highlighted is highlighted for them, they said, I have indigestion, I have, um, you know, I feel bloated, I don't have regular elimination, I feel like my digestion is really sluggish. There are other factors, but I'm strictly talking about our emotions on the gut health today. Without fail, they also have anxiety or other emotional things that they are eating with their food. So whatever we're feeling, if we don't resolve it, when we take the first bite, we are biting, we're eating that emotion, okay? So, so what to do? How are we going to resolve this? So, in you know, again, any, how we deal with food and our relationship about food as really has to do with us healing our emotions. When we heal our emotions, then we are not taking our emotions into our eating, into our cooking, into our food choices. Obviously, you know, the trouble in our world today is not that we have any lack of food. We actually have the other problem. We have an overabundance and overconsumption of food. And there's tons of information available on food, yet we continue to struggle. One, the information, there's an overload. We simply cannot digest, <laughs> no pun intended. We cannot digest so much information and really, you know, intelligently make a clear decision. 
That's where Ayurveda comes in handy. It really comes, brings it down to the very basics of the digestibility of the food, the post-digestive effect, how to combine foods, how to tune in to the time of the day, to the time of your life, to what may be going on with you, and to the seasons to mindfully choose what we eat. So when we are paying attention to food at such a level, it's, we, we really come closer and closer to mindful eating. And mindful eating leads to better health, better digestion. And if we can be mindful in our eating, we take the same mindfulness in other areas of our life. So have you noticed, have you noticed that when you are eating, when you're upset, or there are stimulating conversations happening on your dinner table, are you able to enjoy the food? It's, it's very difficult to do that. Even if you are not talking, when you're listening into somebody's long, deep conversation while you're eating, you're not present to food, you're not enjoying the food. So let's look at, let's look at to, let's look at our emotions first. We have to give our emotions time. When the emotions surface, we don't need to run to fix them. Actually, most of the emotions, if we give it time to be expressed, um, they slowly uh, tone down and then they disappear altogether. Then it gives rise to the emotion that's underneath the first emotion. Okay, so you know, we can be joyous. We can um, laugh endlessly for days on. We're just having good time. We don't worry about that. But when we feel anything other than being joyous and happy, we get concerned. So in other words, we want to feel, we don't want to feel anything unless we feel really, really good. <laughs> okay. So here's a dilemma. We don't feel really, really good all the time. We, as human beings, we go through a spectrum of emotions every day. Many times we don't even have to understand why we're feeling what we're feeling. Have you ever just felt anger, but you can't really pinpoint a reason? I have. And when you're trying to pinpoint a reason, you're pretty much choosing a target you're, you're highlighting that area of your life to dump all your anger in because you're looking for someone or somewhere or some someplace to unload. It's important when you're doing the deep healing work, but in the middle of the feeling, you may not really need to know why you're angry, except that you're really becoming illogical. You're very, very angry. You're just pissed off. It's important for us to feel that, I guarantee you. And so when we feel that, I don't mean just sit there and be angry and don't do anything, just really express it. I have shared that in other podcasts as well, express it, whether it's expressing by writing, whether you're crying or you're just mad or you walk really fast or you throw punches in the air or you kick up pillow or something, 
figure out a way um, to express your anger. Acknowledge that you are very, very angry. You may not understand all the reasons that you're very angry. So we have to allow the emotions to be. If you allow yourself to fully express the anger, by the way, to express your anger, you don't need the object of your anger. You don't need to dump on anyone. It's just really how you handle it within yourself. When you allow that emotion to be felt, whatever is underneath it, you're going to feel it. Underneath all anger is pain, is a hurt of some sort. Somebody's hurt me. Somebody's done something that you have neglected. Because over time, we neglect a lot of things that actually cause us pain because we just continue to move on with our life. So the, if you just allow, get out of the way, the pain that's hidden beneath the anger will begin to show. You may cry profusely. Have done that. Um, you may just cry. Like you feel like something just broke inside of you, broke loose inside of you, and you just cried full-heartedly. It is so healing to do that. So you will allow the, the pain of it to come out. Move on the next third day, fourth day, you're going to notice, oh, I just feel at ease. I feel neutral. I feel light. I feel open. I feel tender, but I feel like warm, loving towards me. So the lesson to take away is to allow our feelings. Allow yourself to feel what you feel. So one of my favorite lines that someone pointed out in a group coaching session was, if you don't want to feel something all the time, feel it deeply now. <laughs> if you don't want to keep that anger going on for years and years to come, and many of us do, feel the anger now. Feel the emotion for a short term deeply into through your body so you get rid of it so you release it so you let go of it so you don't carry it with you little by little and you know it is going to come out one way or the other so you're better to feel it now so in my book healing your relationship with food if you don't have a copy you need to get a copy um, the link is always somewhere around the video that i post so here is um what to do with our emotions when we are doing a lot of emotional eating and what are the signs of the emotional eating? Watch the last episode that I did last week. So become aware. This is always on the top of my list to resolve any challenge until we are aware of what it is that is going on with us, what it is that needs resolving. We don't know what to resolve. So, Awareness is not, um, sometimes we think, you know, sometimes we think something is wrong, but actually it is something else. So awareness is to quiet the mind, to drop down a little bit and just ask yourself this question. What am I feeling? Is it because of this? Could it be this? What is it that I'm feeling? Am I angry or am I just hurt? Am I disappointed? What is what am I feeling? Pinpoint it a little bit more become so you can become more aware and um, then you can tackle it a little deeper. 
So many ways to become aware. Meditation is an ideal way to make conscious what is in the subconscious. I've been talking about meditation. If you don't have a practice, a meditation practice, you really need to have one. Another simple way to raise our awareness is to journal what it is that we're feeling. Just giving words to what we are feeling and putting them in front of us, it really gives us an objective view. We can really see it. So then it's out of our head. It's on a piece of paper that we can see. Tune into your childhood beliefs. So when it comes to food, since we're talking about food, our childhood beliefs about food play a big part in emotional eating. Were you asked to always clean your plate? Were you punished for doing something bad with food so you were not allowed to eat? Or were you rewarded with food? Were you, did you hear comments like, haven't you eaten enough? Aren't you eating too much? Or you never eat enough? Go ahead and finish your plate. That's why you're so skinny. Things like that. So these um, innocent messages, comments, they have embedded deep in our psyche. That's they're in our subconscious, and they are responsible for making the food choices that you're making today, and for you to feel the way you feel when it comes to food. So it is time to look at the childhood beliefs and notice what needs revision. So our beliefs and habits need periodic review and renewal. We don't, the beliefs are not meant forever, right? But we need to pay attention as to what it, what are my beliefs? Are they my beliefs or am I carrying them forward from my childhood? Do I need them? Do they help me? Or how can I replace this belief with a new belief that makes more sense to me? Okay. And develop your emotional intelligence. Our emotions are a compass to our inner world. Emotions can help us make a decision. Yay, nay. Should I do this? Should I not do this? When we really tune into the emotions, we can tune into the gut feeling as well, right? And the truth is most of our decisions are made by our emotions. But sometimes on a day-to-day -day basis, as we are, you know, working, eating, taking care of children, family, taking care of our house and whatnot, we are not always connected to our emotions. So we kind of do things more often, more out of an autopilot. For example, one good example is, you know, I ask many of my clients, do you feel hungry at the same time, same intensity every day? Many of the answers are, actually, I don't feel hungry. I hardly feel hungry. I eat because my wife packs me the lunch. I eat because it's lunchtime. Um, I just eat because it's time to eat. Otherwise, I'm not eating. I would not eat. So what that shows me is a complete disconnect from your mind and your body. And th this disconnect is not going to just show up in our eating. I mean, you can get injured. You're not present in whatever it is that you're doing. Your mind is, you're not connecting. So it is important 
uh, to tune to just like we, you know, mindfulness is such a ongoing minute by minute practice. But when you become really accustomed to it, you cannot live any other way. Meditation is a way you meditate, you just naturally become more aware. You don't have to talk about, oh, I want to become more mentally aware. I want to become more physically aware. It is not like that. Do the practice. Do the practice so you will naturally be more aware. It's just kind of like brush your teeth so you have clean teeth. Simple. We don't have to keep worrying about it, right? And I do talk about, I have a, this whole meditation on allowing in my book, which I'm not going to cover here, um, but it will be important. It's, it's important if you are tuning into this to take a look at that, what I have written. Um, it'll be helpful to you. So one of the things that stands out is life can certainly be downright hard at times. What we make matters worse for ourselves when we believe life should be anything other than what it is. That's the whole understanding of allowing. As painful as it is to feel deeply, controlling how we should feel makes it far worse. We must surrender to life in all its glory in order to come fully alive. This is how we show up for our life and for ourselves. Like one of my teachers from long ago said, I never promised you a rose garden. To which my answer used to be, well, someone should. And that someone turned out to be only me, darn. And there's no rose garden, only the rose-colored glasses, my perception. Fourth, three, fourth um, clue, fourth um thing to consider is take time to eat. Like I said, there's a time and place for everything. When we don't make time to eat, we eat all the time. When we can eat anytime, whenever we want, however we want, then we don't pay attention to our body's ability to digest the food. We, we think that our eating and our digestion are separate things. They are not. So we take time. There's a reason when, you know, someone planned the time for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And lunchtime, our digestion is at the peak, just like sun is so high and strong from 10 to 2 p.m. That's the time to eat your bigger meal. Sundown in the evening is to eat a lighter meal because the workers have gone home. <laughs> sort of speak. Your digestion is not as strong as it was during the daytime. And also the activity level isn't there. What do we do in the evening time? Many people wind down, sit down in front of the TV and relax. So notice how that would be. That's a double whammy to a meal, a heavy meal that we have eaten that we really should be, should be consuming during the day. But what I want to draw out of that is really take time to eat. Eating, just like working, sleeping, walking, socializing, socializing, eating is an activity. We don't just eat on the go um, like we're trying to sneak a meal in because we're not allowed to eat. Like I'm just going to kind of, you know, dump some food in my mouth while I'm talking, while nobody's looking. 
there's 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 so many emotions, especially guilt and shame, which we won't get into today, but it's an, a good topic to get into maybe next week. We have to take time to eat, to sit down, no stimulating conversation. If you'd like to watch something, as long as it's not news or stimulating show, it just simply is calm and simple, but that you can still pay attention to your meal, take time to eat. When you're taking time to eat, you're not on the phone, you're not on the computer, you're not having a conversation. So your body can be totally present to what's being taken in and it can help you digest it. Okay. And um, assess your lifestyles. No, actually, before I go to that, pause before giving into cravings. So that's where you tuning into the emotional eating will come in handy. Many times, like I talked about in the last episode, the cravings are um, not real cravings. They're, they're emotional cravings. So you can listen to the last episode to, to differentiate between the two. <clears throat> and... <clears throat> Most of the time, you'll notice that after, if you take time to eat, there's mindful eating, you are satisfied. You don't really have a need for food. Many times we take seconds or we continue to eat dessert because it's there, because <coughs> our eyes are bigger than our stomach, and it's there, so we eat it. But it's really important to tune into the belly. Is your belly full? You know, I, you may have seen in in india we ate on the floor no not because we didn't have tables we were poor although there is that but one of the wisdom in eating on the floor when you're sitting cross-legged the food plate is in front of you when you lean forward to take the bite when you're leaning forward you're pressing on the stomach and it gives you a clue on oh and i'm pressing forward my stomach is full quite different from nowadays. We were sitting with our elbows on the table. There's no tuning into our belly. Our belly is not being pressed or moving. We're just simply just eating, eating, eating. That's one of the reasons we overeat. So mindfulness is so, so important. I'm not suggesting you sit on the floor and eat. Uh, the truth is many of us can't even sit on the floor because thank God for all the couches and the cushy chairs. But if you're able to sit on the floor, I love sitting on the floor. I love sitting on the floor and eating because and eating with my hand. It's so satisfying. It just seems so civilized way to eat because I'm really connecting the food uh, to my belly and, you know, I tune into if I'm full or not. So I enjoy eating on the floor. So if you think you can get on the floor, give it a try. See what happens. Avoid extremes. All of the diets are extreme diets. No meat, no carb, no sugar, no da-da-da-da-da. When something is an extreme, we cannot do it for a long time because it's not practical. We simply cannot do it. When we are swinging from one extreme to the other, always tuning into the calories intake, what I'm eating, what I'm not eating, there comes a time when we just give up. It's too much. We're like, you know what? Screw it out. I'm going to eat it. 
So that's where this whole binging and starving comes from. Life is about balance. Most difficult thing for us humans to learn is how to navigate this fuzzy world of balance. It's no longer fuzzy if you understand what's happening with you, around you, so you can continuously adjust. It's not a do these five things to you get balance. You have to be mindful. You have to make decisions. You have to tune in. You have to take responsibility. No two days are the same. No two hours are the same. So we constantly have to tune into what's going on. What do I need to do? What is before me? What am I feeling? Whatever I have planned, is it working now or not? Am I going to adjust? So not that you have to go through this gyration every time, but when you live that way, just going with the flow, tuning in, becoming mindful, it just becomes effortless. So the, the, the world of balance requires us to wake up, requires us to be aware, requires us to take radical personal responsibility. Uh, in the extremes, you know, the, anybody can tell us, do this only, do these five things. Then somebody else comes along, they're like, no, 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 that, you know, that thing you've been doing, it actually causes this, this, this problem. Do this instead. So you go to the other extreme. <sighs> These things are problematic. This kind of advice is problematic. That's why you have to, you have the magic. You need to work with somebody who shows you that magic. Okay. You need to understand how to take, how to be self-sufficient, how to be self-reliant, how to trust your gut, how to trust your intuition, and how to make smart decisions for your health. So avoiding extremes, um, assess your lifestyle, your sleep schedule, your socialization schedule, your movement, your exercise, your alcohol intake, your partying, right? Certain things need to change. If we, um, so many of the clients who came with gut issues, they drink because there's anxiety. Oh, I'm socializing every day. Everybody drinks, so I'm drinking. It's a separate topic, but just a little, I will insert in here today. So I asked, are you drinking when you're at home? No, it's a social thing. Well, don't do this social thing every night. There's a time and place for socialization. Try it every night. Tell me how it feels. For me, I cannot do it. I love socialization. I love people. But I also love my downtime, time with myself. So assess your lifestyle. Are you sleeping late? Are you, when we're eating out also, you know, I don't care which health restaurant you go to, to eat out every day is going to wreak havoc on your health. And if you want to eat really, really healthy food, you can find it. And you're going to spend, not to mention, like you're going to spend a lot of money trying to eat healthy food that you can prepare with less cost at home. Preparing food is part of the ritual. Preparing food helps your digestion. When you're preparing food, the smell, the aroma, the texture, the digestion, you begin to salivate. The digestion wakes up. It's like, oh, I'm just... I cannot wait to eat it. It's so good because you're getting ready to digest. As opposed to sitting on a table night after night after night where you're not moving, you're just 
only the lips are moving, you're just talking and you're drinking alcohol, food comes, you didn't do nothing to prepare it, you just put it into your body. So there's something that gets missed and we live that way all the time. So that's what I mean by assessing your lifestyle. So, you know, our eating isn't separate from how we live. We are interconnected. We cannot just over here really perfect our eating, but our lifestyle sucks. It doesn't work that way. So chances are if there are struggles happening with food, that's not the only area the struggles are happening. They're happening probably all over. So when we begin to shake one thing, change one thing in one area of our life, it's going to carry through in all the areas of our life. So, you know, take a take a look. On my LinkedIn profile, I talked about how are the four areas where you can assess your life and the state of your health. So if you're on LinkedIn, take a look at my profile and read. Engage in your life. Well, what a great way to engage your engage your life than to engage in your cooking and eating, right? Go buy some food, get in the kitchen, cook, take time to eat, wash the dishes. Um, Life does not happen outside of everything we need to do to live. Life is in the ordinary. When we do it with presence, we make it extraordinary. An extraordinary life is a mindful life. It's doing the simple, simple things with ease, with joy, with presence, with purpose then we become extraordinary beings. So sometimes it's just about buying your food, cooking your food, sitting down to eat your meal, cleaning the kitchen, doing your work, washing your laundry, going for a walk, watching a little show, have a little conversation, and go to sleep and do it all over again. All right, enough of that. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We're going to continue. You know, if you notice, it is hard to, food and emotions are such a great, such a, a solid link. Emotions link everything in our life. Emotions are at the, emotions are energy. Our energy gets sick before our body gets sick. Our energy affects our psyche. It affects our physiology. So anytime when I'm talking about food, you will notice that it feels like I'm kind of going here, there, here. It's not possible because it's all interconnected. Who we are is not separate from how we eat. What we feel is not separate from what we eat and how our gut feels. So in order for us to heal our relationship with food, we must heal our emotions. So with that, I will take your leave. I hope you enjoyed. I would love to hear your comments. What did you take away? What are your struggles when it comes to food? What topics, areas would you like to see me covered? I, I you know, ask me anything when it comes to health and healing. I'm sure I'll have something to share with you that would be useful. So, and if you like this video, click the like button, love your comments and share if you like. 
have yourself a beautiful week the rest of the week and i look forward to seeing you next week take care thank you for listening to igniting change finding your fire if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button and we look forward to being with you next week